Disciplinary policies in schools primarily affect black students and students of color and students with learning disabilities. The discipline they get does not fix the problem and creates an unsafe environment where students end up falling into more unproductive behavior, which is the opposite of what a school system should be doing. In an article by Daniel J. Lawson from the Civil Rights Project at UCLA, I read that 28% of black male middle school students have been suspended at least once, 10% for white males, 18% for black females, and 4% for white females. With this information, Lawson stated, a review of the evidence suggests that subgroups experiencing disproportionate suspension miss important instructional time and are at greater risk of disengagement and diminished educational opportunities. There is no research to support suspension and expulsion for nonviolent offenses, and disparities of race, gender, and disability are evident with these punishments. At the end of this article, there was a list of recommendations to improve learning environments. Just a few of them include collecting data on school discipline based on race, ethnicity, gender, and disability in terms of numbers as well as the type of infraction and the days missed and report to the state. Incentives for schools and districts to support schools and teachers in systemic improvements. Research for connections between school discipline and outcomes and an effort to improve teacher skills and behavior management. In a study by the Council of State Governments Justice Center and the Public Policy Research Institute on the effects of school discipline on student success, they found that about 6 in 10 public school students were expelled at least once in their middle school years. Black students and students with disabilities are more likely to be kicked out of class. Students who were suspended once or multiple times were found more likely to be held back or drop out, and those suspended or expelled were more likely to end up in the juvenile justice system. A lot of us think about school as a place to learn and grow, and we often forget that not everybody feels this way. If a student is not paying attention or is causing problems in class, as educators, our first thought should not be to kick them out of class or school. We should be proactive, understand why they're acting that way so that we can adjust to understand their way of learning or just understand them as a person. Discipline has to be proactive, not reactive. Educators and schools are meant to help students grow, not hold them back. As a white female with no learning disabilities, I had it fairly easy. The schools I went to didn't have police and discipline and infractions were handled well compared to a lot of other schools I have read about. My younger sister was diagnosed with ADHD only a year ago and has had a lot of issues with, the, with how the school chooses to punish her for something she cannot control. I have asked my mother to be interviewed to speak on her and my sister's experiences with disciplinary policies as a student with a learning disability. Has Shai been kicked out of class because her disability was a distraction? Shai has ADHD, so it's really hard for her to sit still. It's really hard for her to process certain things. And she has a bit of an argumentative side, which they say is also a side effect of ADHD. Or not a side effect. It is a characteristic of ADHD. So she has been sent to the principal's office numerous times. In fact, since she was in preschool, she has been sent to go sit in the office. 
um, because she chats or she gets involved in other people's business or she disagrees with the teacher or people will talk to her so she'll talk to them and she is the one who always gets in trouble, period. Do you think sending her to the office helped her change her behavior? Absolutely not. I don't think she thinks she's done anything wrong and she's hurt by those actions. I think that by being disciplined so much throughout her school year that she walks into every school year with anticipation of being the one called out of getting into trouble. And so she has a guard around her, but she also has a little bit of fight in her because she's ready to go. She's ready to be picked on and accused of having bad behavior. So it's almost like they're projecting that behavior on her. Can I also add that the teachers then talk to each other and they've labeled her as a troubled child. And not only do they talk to her, they talk to other parents who then label her as a troubled child. So there have been times where Shy has been accused of being the one causing trouble outside of school when in fact it wasn't her, but she's already been given the reputation as the troublemaker. She did have a really good fourth and fifth grade teacher who took the time to get to know her and got the principal to know her and got the school um, counselor to know her. So she didn't really get into trouble a lot those couple years because that teacher really understood her behavior and was able to communicate with her at the level that she needed and get her the support that she needed throughout the rest of the school. I finally had a counselor, her eighth grade counselor, who said, you need to get her diagnosed, take her to the doctor, see about getting a diagnosis because she is being labeled as the troubled child and she fully believed that Shai also had ADHD and didn't want to send her to high school with that label because once she was able to get uh, the label of ADHD as opposed to the label of troublemaker, she would be treated completely different at school. And that puzzled me that if professionals were able to see that she had ADHD, why they wouldn't just treat her differently anyhow, why it had to take a doctor's note why couldn't they treat her different to begin with? And honestly, that still puzzles me. It makes me cry saying this out loud because she wants to do good in school. She wants to get ahead in life. And she just needed encouragement that she was not a bad person when we left the doctor's office after the doctor gave her the diagnosis of ADHD and told her she was going to give her medicine, um, she thanked me for taking her to the doctors because no kid wants to be in trouble. They don't want to be told that they're not good. And she's 
pretty damn smart and she's an amazing human. And I think how lucky she is to have had the counselors and the teachers that did support her and were able to come up to me and tell me that she needed more than what she was being given. And quite honestly, I'm grateful that at that moment, I was able to listen to that for her. They shame children instead of build them up, take their strengths and build them up. There's a lot of shame involved in it. So I'm not really sure that she should be disciplined. I think kids are told to sit still and to follow the rules and not color outside the box. And I don't think that that's necessarily the right thing. How have they accommodated for Shy in order for her to get what she needs out of her education? Since she's been given a 504 plan, her teachers treat her completely different and her stress level has gone down because she knows she will get some extra time to do things. So rather than sit and fixate on what she has to do, thinking that she's not going to get it done, she does that, but then she's able to release it once she realizes that she is going to get a little extra time to do it. And so that's been good. Um, The tail end of the time she was in school in eighth grade, she was given things that she could do in school to, she could draw or she could doodle or she could squeeze a ball or she could chew gum. And just knowing that that was an option for her was really helpful. In response, we should implement different policies for discipline that start at the root of the problem. Social and emotional learning, also known as SEL, is known as the process through which children and adults acquire and effectively apply the knowledge, attitudes, and skills necessary to understand and manage emotions, set and achieve positive goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain positive relationships, and make responsible decisions. There are five guiding principles to SEL, including create, integrate, communicate, instruct, and empower. To create means to create a safe space for students in order to be able to work through conflicts in more effective ways. To integrate means to include skill building into the education of students where you include a more real-life theme to the curriculum or unit. This could include a project like this one where students are able to work with the community. To communicate means to communicate the SEL objectives to every educator and student as well as community member so they know the standards for this type of learning. To instruct means teaching SEL as you would teach any other subject and teach that SEL is just as important to learn as any other academic subject. To empower means to empower students to take charge of their SEL and provide feedback in order for the students to utilize it in the correct ways. Using these key principles can make conflict less likely to arise, and when it does, it can create better problem-solving techniques within the students as well as the teachers and other staff members. With this, a student can acquire better self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making.